is the time that we all been waiting on. The moment all the naysayers been hating on. See, they've been talking down. All right, guys, welcome to another edition of uh, Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am young Ari Gold. I got the Garnet Texan here with me, John Wade. How's it going, people? We're back to being awkward. No, that was a little awkward. Um, There was a chance we actually uh, just talked for about 30 minutes and realized that we weren't, uh, John wasn't recording the entire time, and the intro originally wasn't awkward. Um, So now it actually is awkward. It was great. Good conversation. I don't know how we're going to replicate it, but we're definitely going to try. John, what's going on? I know know we've had, uh, we had some conversation about the Rockets and and Astros. Obviously a lot going on in Houston right now. Les Alexander. Uh, Game of Thrones this weekend. Um, hey, we didn't Astros even talk about Game of Thrones. No, that we, first didn't, we didn't talk about Game of Thrones that at all. First 20... There's not much to talk about in this last episode. It's yeah. really just a buildup for me. No, well, I was cold, a little disappointed. The cold open was awesome, but it every, was. everything else you knew was going to happen if you watched any yeah, of the previews. And yeah, I don't want to spoil it for anybody because I know there's some people out there that somehow have not watched Game of Thrones. But go watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's just a buildup for the season, so you're not. We're not spoiling anything on that part, but. Uh, Astros three and three after the All Star break, Korea out for six to eight weeks. They're fine. I think they'll be fine. I'm not worried about it. Colin McHugh coming up. Um, Keuchel's on the way. Um, Keuchel's ready to get back. He had a um, a rehab start and he did yep. really well. Yep. So we're we're nice and distracted right now. Since Hope nobody then, missed us. Chris Paul. Chris Paul, dude. I mean, I'm not a Rockets fan. I'm not a big fan of the Rockets in any way. I love that you guys got Chris Paul though. I think it'll be fun. I'll be honest and crystal clear. You guys can add mellow and you guys can add somebody else until you learn to play defense. You're not winning the Western conference finals. Yeah, but it'll at least be entertaining. It'll be entertaining. You guys will score a lot of points, blow a lot of teams out this year, but that Dan Tony system is not going to win anybody a championship. It might. It never will. It might never. I'm sorry. I hate to be that guy. Why are you saying never, never Phoenix couldn't do it. Possibly a better team in Phoenix. Couldn't do it. Didn't do it in, in New York. Didn't do it with us when and when I say us, the Lakers, he had a brief stint. His offense is out is 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 aged. It's not an offense that's going to do it. Yeah, it, but it, it would have done it originally because it caught people off guard that it was so fast paced, move the ball up the court. Now, I, I, I just don't think D'Antoni's system and what he does is going to win. Chris Paul's a good defender, so that helps. But Patrick Beverly was a better defender. So. That kind of washes out when you get the offense from Chris Paul. And, well, and I mean, it's else. arguable that D'Antoni's improved his system because last year he didn't have as much talent. The Rockets really weren't that talented of a team. Sure. They had a whole bunch of people that were kind of average to maybe maybe just barely above average. And James Harden. That's it. And that was probably the best team performance-wise, not talent-wise, that D'Antoni's had. So and why did they take a step up last year? What was the biggest change that the Rockets made that made the biggest improvement of their offense? Not just D'Antoni, but they stopped shooting mid-range jumpers. And <laughs> what did James Harden do? He played point guard. Boom! Now he's going back to playing two guard. So you're asking him to transition back to his original position. You're gonna have Chris Paul, who needs the ball in his hand for you guys to get the most out of Chris Paul, and then you have James Harden, who needs the ball in his hand to be as good as he is. He's not an off the off the spot shooter. He he can't. He's not going to pull up with a nice pass from Chris Paul and hit a jumper. That's not James Harden's game. You're taking that away. I don't think that. 
I think this team's good, and I think they're going to be extremely fun to watch. And hopefully you're recording this podcast right now. It is recording. Okay, thank God. Um, I think uh, I think they will be fun to watch. I don't like Melo added. I hope that doesn't happen. And the, you know, the main reason for that is the fact that he truly doesn't play defense. People give James Harden shit for not playing defense. Carmelo Anthony is times 10 when it comes to not playing defense. On top of that... He really he's aged quite a bit. And is he the same player he was with Denver? No. Could he potentially be? Maybe. I don't know. I liked Carmelo when he came into the league. He's just kind of been on this like lonely island where nobody cares to talk about Carmelo because he's a Nick. But I think you bring him, and yes, you guys are gonna have this awesome offense, but you're gonna have three guys who have to have the ball. And I just don't see it working. You know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. My Lakers aren't going to win a championship. So there that's was a probably maybe not even a month ago where I'd agreed with just about everything you just said, especially about Melo. But right now it's exciting. It's fun. I'm buying into all the red Kool-Aid where everybody's like, if we have Melo, Chris Paul, James Harden, we'll have a chance. My favorite thing about the Rockets is that Asian dude. Oh, Joe I love watching him play. He he was fun to watch in the summer league. He might be fun. He's not going to play much this year. No. If he plays at all this year. He He'll might be fun in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, but he's exciting to watch. And then the other dude you guys had who set the summer league on fire. Oh, I totally forgot his name. Wasn't expecting him to go on a Rockets rant this long. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but but he's good too. Um, there's another one, and I'll, I'll just put it in the description that this is his name of the podcast, so that way you guys can know who I'm talking about before you listen to it. Um, but uh, look, the Rockets are interesting. They're for sale. Hey, who wants to start a GoFundMe? Well, so the whole RNBA said that they would start one, and that if everybody donated, I think it was $3,392, with the amount of subscribers they have, they'd be able to buy at the market value that Forbes placed on the Rockets. Uh, I do think it'll be Tillman Fertitta. But I think there's a sleeper that people aren't thinking about that could potentially come from underneath and actually buy the Rockets. And who's that? Michael Dell. Really? He's a Houston native. Um, he loves the Rockets, loves Houston sports in general. He doesn't have the presence that Tillman Fertitta has, um, but he is a Houston native, and obviously Michael Dell has the money to buy it. Yeah. Um, and I think he'd be very hands-off. I think he'd let the Daryl Morey and the operations, day to day operations at the Rockets kind of stay what they were. Um, I would like that. Tillman Fertitta, I think, would be a good owner, but I think he'd be very controlling. And the only reason I say that is because originally I was in the restaurant business and I know what it's like when you have that many restaurants and you're hitting the expectations that you need in place to have a successful restaurant. And he runs his like a boot camp and he's very involved. I don't know if he would take a step back and not be involved as a Rockets owner. And I think I mean, that's what you need is somebody that's kind of there, but not there. I'm just interested to see how, how it's going to go. Just what direction. Um, when do you I think hadn't even happen? thought of, do what? What do you think it'll happen? I think it's going to be a while. I think so too. I don't think that. I, I think it's going to be a good while. I think they want to make sure it's the right buyer. And I think they're also going to kind of wait and see how the Rockets are doing. If the Rockets come out and let's say they end up with Melo and it, they come out in their first place in the Western Division, I think that they might kind of ride that out. First place just in the Western Division? Or Western Conference. Really? I know. Okay. Shut up. You're really dreaming right now. <laughs> I think OKC would beat you guys in the semifinals. Oh, man. This is what I call riling up John. 
This is riling up John. Well, well, it's the off season. Can't really you do, let me enjoy? I really do think OKC will beat you guys in, in, the, in the playoffs. I'm not even joking. Did you not watch this I past did. years? Did you see who they added? Yeah. One of the best defenders in the league, Paul George. There, I mean, no. one of the best defenders in the league. Great score. Yeah, him and Russell we Westbrook got Chris could Paul. Be, yep, but you guys, I mean, I, I James Harden was better than Westbrook. Chris Paul is better than George. No, Westbrook was better than Harden. No, absolutely. No, absolutely. No, you got to remember, I'm a Kobe guy. Westbrook plays Kobe Kobe style of basketball. Not as good, but he plays selfish. <laughs> take me to, I'll take you to the and W. That's why they're not going to win. But they have Paul George now, and he knows he's going to have to change up. He knows he's going to have to. No, they're they're not. All right, they're next. not. Next, uh, next topic. Your your favorite uh, rookie running back uh, got got uh, arrested over the weekend here uh, locally in Austin. You know, a part of me just cries inside for him. I'm so disappointed in Foreman. I was very upset. I didn't know. So I actually, story behind this, I was headed to Trader Joe's to pick up some stuff for lunch. It was about 4.30 in the afternoon. So for actually for dinner, sorry. And uh, I called John. Hey, Wednesday, we're good for the podcast. Let's meet. Yeah, that works. All right, great. Hey, did you see what happened to Deontay? I'm like, what do you mean what happened to Deontay? I literally, for the first time in my life, didn't check the Texan subreddit. And boom, there it is. Deontay Foreman arrested. I thought you were going to cry. I wanted to. I was so upset. <laughs> I didn't even know what to say. Uh, I had big expectations for him. Who knows what will happen? Obviously, possession of marijuana, unlawful possession, all that, you know, is going to we're going to have to figure it out. The court date was set. Uh, I know he's applying to move it. Um, but other than that, I don't know. And I don't know enough about the law to say, hey, you know, there's a chance he gets off. But it seems like with the steps and processes they're taking now, there's a chance he could go. This could go away completely. Um, But it's all still kind of up in the air. But I mean, how do you think that impacts the Texans moving forward? Um, is well, Do you think it's something that maybe they consider cutting? No, I don't. Think you don't think they cut consider cutting him? No, he's a third round pick. OK. Rick Smith. He was Rick Smith's guy. Yeah. So. Rick Smith will probably give him the whole, the whole daddy talk. Like, no, Deontay, we're oh the Ryan Mallet talk. We're we're so disappointed in you. My favorite part of Hard Knocks. We are so disappointed in you, man. You realize that you have all these people relying on you to make smart decisions, and you made a dumb decision. He's going to get that talk. Yeah, well, he did make a dumb decision, and he did. But and even if his dumb decision was just hanging out with somebody that was dumb, but in his defense, when I was twenty two, twenty three years old, if you had taken six of my friends and put us in a car. Good chance. One of us probably had something we Good shouldn't chance. have had. Most likely so, you. <laughs> most likely me? Yeah, you were the one. Yeah, there. probably. <laughs> but, you know, mistakes were made. Yeah. Um, Foreman, man. We are all disappointed in you. We all had high hopes for you. But I think he, I think he'll get past this. I think he'll be, be just fine. I think it'll be a learning and you know, I care. I compared him to Le'Veon Bell during our draft podcast. Which is crazy to me. I didn't agree with that <laughs> at all. But whatever. Um, I'm just wondering what impact this <laughs> takes on the roster. No, my joke about comparing him to Le'Veon Bell. No, yes, Bell. I remember. Yeah, and now he's deciding to follow him in the. He's doing the exact same thing, right? Yeah, so maybe he loses the 20 pounds and gains the agility, just like and the pause. If he has to pause, then I'm all for it. That little hesitation he will, yeah. stop on a dime. Wait for maybe the maybe Foster can come tutor him on that. Man, I loved Foster. I don't want to get into that, but yeah. yeah. Um, other but, other good news. We're gonna have a Ring of Honor. Well, no, that's good. But wait, I want to go back. So you go back. Yeah. If I'm what I'm wondering is in the minds of Bill O'Brien and, and Rick Smith, 
is this something that impacts their thoughts on how many running backs to carry and which running backs to carry as an insurance policy for I think it's still too early to too early to tell. But at the same time, usually and this is just I mean, this is just, you know, based on what you usually see. But usually when it's not usually one time this happens, especially early in somebody's career. Usually this is the start of something. Um, I just wonder if they start to think. Like maybe blue was going to get cut. Maybe now blue wasn't getting cut. I'm just saying there's a chance. I'm not saying he he was yeah, going Blue to, wasn't but I'm, get okay, cut. then Akeem Hunt. Then. Yeah, Akeem Hunt was the one that Whatever might, it would be. Yeah. What I'm saying is that I wonder if that plays into the position of, uh, uh, into that, that choice, that decision on who to keep when it comes down to making that final 53. It's all, that's all I'm wondering. I'm not saying it will or it won't. I'm just wondering if there's a chance. It's, that, I mean, it's a good thing to think about, but at this point, I think it's a little too early to think about it. Again, it's still real early in the whole ordeal. I mean, remember last year we all thought Jalen was gone. He never even got I suspended. Never he was get cut. Yeah, well, I mean, it was one of those things that was talked about. He never even got suspended. So, and Jalen was actually smoking it. Yeah. So, <laughs> we'll see. That's, I mean, that's just the point we're at. But moving on. Yeah. And good news. Great news. Great news. Best news. Some people think it's not so great. Yeah, I know. I noticed that. They I was very kind of. They think it's weird. too Cowboys like to have a Ring of Honor. Okay, look. First of all, the Cowboys weren't the first NFL franchise to do something like this. Just because we call it a Ring of Honor, who cares? What else do you want us? To, what else do you want them to call it? I think it's the better way to go. You retire numbers. There's only a finite amount of numbers. Hopefully, enough the the teams around a long time. And but the Ring of Honor, you put their name up there. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why shouldn't he be up there? Why Man. should you not go to a game and see his jersey up there? Please tell me. I want somebody to tell me why. One reason why Andre Johnson's jersey should not be up there. The only thing that I... The, people seem to just say, hey, we're copying somebody else. Well, I, I'm open to what is an original suggestion. Instead of a ring of honor or retiring numbers or doing their numbers in the banners or in the rafters. like. But that's what all sports franchises right. do. So, there so you're telling me the Celtics suck and they're a terrible <laughs> franchise because they decided to hang up all those players in the rafters? No, it's what you do. It's how you it's what good franchises do to show the appreciation for what a player did for that franchise. And you can't say anything about Andre being the first person and having that jersey up there. It's the first and the best choice that you could have to start this ring of honor. Well, I don't think they're going to put his jersey. They're just going to put his name. Either way. Yeah, name and number. Um, that's pretty I'm, much the I'm difference between the doing pretty much the difference between a ring of honor Cardinals and doing game. doing the jerseys is they don't retire the number. They're just gonna put his name and his number up. And it's gonna be a part of the stadium now. I'm all for it. And I agree with you. I'd put an Andre Johnson statue in the front. If he makes it into the Hall of Fame. Well, we're gonna I be think, a while, but I, I think I so. think he should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh yeah, I think he should be. Uh, we've I'm had incredibly this discussion biased, before, it, but, but we've had this discussion. I, I I think he should be. I don't think he will be. Uh, well, I think he eventually will be. Yeah, I don't think it'll be. A quick and I think thing. once he's the first Texans Hall of Famer, then he should have a statue. But then you got to think like nothing but two or three years later, maybe five years later, your JJ's JJ's going to have a statue. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so you got two statues. Yeah, eh. why not? I don't know. We'll have a little monument garden. I think it's cool that we're doing it, though. I, I really like it. This is something that we should be doing. And uh, for those people that think Arian should be um, 
up there. I, I'm sorry, but he just didn't play long enough. Yeah. Love I love Arian. Arian. I even like Arian as a person. I do too. I think he's awesome. But, yeah. but I, I just don't think he belongs in there. I think, I think, I think that you make the ring of honor very cool by putting players that truly, truly made an impact on the franchise is when you do it. I don't think you do it just to do it. That's when it gets cliche. That's when it gets, you're copying other teams and stuff like that. That's what, but when you put players in there that deserve to be there, I think that's when it's okay. Cause honestly, I'd put Chris Myers in before I put Aaron Foster in. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's a hell of a center. He was. For a long time. Yeah. You could put Dwayne Brown in there as soon as he leaves before Arian. You could put Cushing in there. Well, I Cushing. Even make well, I, you could know, even put D'Amico in there. Cushing. Before Arian. I don't know. They've had their D'Amico? moments of. No, Cushing. Oh. Cushing went from being a player that looked like he was going to be the next great linebacker to injuries derailing that to yeah. now he's just a two just linebacker a solid linebacker good run stuffing linebacker and there's nothing wrong with that he just went from a guy that was probably going to be a hall of famer to a guy that well he's probably going to play as long as he can yeah and well, this will likely be his last year yeah with us. and arian foster had that same sort of burned incredibly bright i think his peak was actually longer it was higher longer and higher than even what cushing's was longer. i'd say longer mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, there was I don't know. Uh, there was a, a solid four years where Foster was the best running back in the league. No, I'd now, say four. There was maybe a year where he was 11, the best running back. Twelve, in the, best running back in the league. He was maybe one four. year. I'd say four. Adrian Peterson was in the league at the same time. I'm sorry, like that same. He was in the league when he ran. For yeah, but the Texans had yards, the Texans MVP. had more success. And ultimately, like I get that, but I'm saying for as you're saying, best running back in the league. Yeah. He's, he was never better than Adrian Peterson. That's like saying J- Russell Westbrook winning MVP is better than LeBron James. No, the MVP should go to LeBron James every year. I, I kind of disagree with that. The way that... So if you're starting a franchise right now, you take James Harden over LeBron? I'm not talking about basketball. Be honest. I'm just saying. I'm not talking about basketball. Basketball... Yeah, LeBron James probably should be the MVP every year. Okay. Um, basketball is more reliant on one player. Uh-huh. Um, one one good player in basketball can make a team great. Sure. You can't say the same in football. I think if you were to ask now, Texans fans now if they had a choice of prime AP, prime Arian, but everybody's going AP. What about the results of the team? AP would make that team so you have, better. No, but you have to take the entire offense from the Vikings. Like, you have to take that offensive line. No, I'm saying if you were to take what AP, AP is just a running back. Right. And Arian just as a running back. And you were to start them at running back, who would you pick? With, with you have prime, to take, prime time. Both you of have them to that, take into consideration what the team's trying to do. Okay, that's fine. You'd still take Arian still, over Oh, yeah. No. Because of the results. We won. Yeah, we won what? More games. <laughs> we didn't win the Super Bowl, but we won more games. AP has, he's a better power runner. Yeah, but which Aaron was not, was not opposite games. He's Aaron not as good as elusive. He's catch not as good as a blocker. Not, not as, as good, good as, as a, a receiver. I don't know if he's not as good as a receiver. They never use him as a receiver. Like I get that I mean, people say that, but when you for have as him, much as a focal point of their offense that he was, and they never used him as a receiver, means. He wasn't a good receiver. They never had a quarterback. 
Yeah, but the easiest way for a quarterback to make a completion is a really short throw to a running back. But they never even had a quarterback that could do that. I mean, Christian Ponder. Oh, yeah, yeah. There we go. Let's go. Let's go down the Christian Ponder aisle. Yeah. They had, they had Brett up? Favre for a year. Yeah, they had Brett Favre for a year. They did yeah. really well. They did. Really well. Yeah. NFC Championship game yep. against Green Bay. That's what One I'm saying. <laughs> Have we gotten there? No. Okay. Adrian Peterson's a better running back than Arian Foster. The position itself, Arian, Adrian Peterson. Adrian's a better runner. I will say that without a doubt, he's a better runner. But if you take Foster's best season versus Peterson's best season, granted, Peterson had ungodly numbers. Like absolutely ungodly numbers. Touchdowns too, which add points, by the way. He kills Arian in that statistical category. He could never never pass block. He never. Okay. I mean. I guess. I'd rather have a running back that adds. I mean, six just to, the to your point, if we had that, if we had Brett Favre for that one year, I think that we would have gotten to the AFC Championship game at least. Sure, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It was Peyton time, so I don't know. Barry was still. Barry. I mean, if we had that was a tough, tougher division, but maybe, maybe Barry I'm, wasn't there, huh? Sanders was are you, Barry Brady. Sanders. Oh, Brady. I was like Barry. What? No. What are? What are you no. talking about with that no, division? No, no. I do think that Adrian Peterson is a better overall. Running I think back. he's a better runner. Oh. And I'm not. Uh, we, we're getting too specific, <laughs> but uh, agree to disagree, I guess. Yeah. In fantasy, who would you have taken over? Uh, oh, Peterson. Hmm. All right. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I don't even know where we're going now. I, I think, oh, Ring of Honor. Yeah. Ring of Honor. So, um, I don't know. I think it's cool. I love Andre. and Everybody knows that. It's not a. I mean, it's not a secret. I, I like that we did it, and I can't wait to go to that Cardinals game and watch it. And yeah. it'll be awesome to see. It's a good start for what we want to do. And it's a good person to start with, in my opinion. Yeah. He, between not just his production and again, leadership. And again, we have that whole podcast about how much we love AJ. <laughs> so you can go listen to that one if you want to hear it some more. Yeah. But he is the right person to start it. But I think we really wanted to talk about the Titans. Yeah, unfortunately, the Tennessee Titans. <sighs> The so this will be uh, part two of our uh, AFC South uh, division breakdown. Um, obviously, we did the the Colts last week. Um, we're going to do the Tennessee Titans this week, and then the Jaguars next week. And then I guess we could potentially go into um, kind of what we did a little bit and, and talk about that. And then we'll also be ramping up with training camp. So it's probably a yeah. perfect perfect play for us. But I'm sure. During training camp, we'll probably also have something where we kind of do a season preview. Yeah. And we'll do a much shorter rundown of all the teams we actually play this year. Yep. But divisions matter. Yeah. So and I think Tennessee, I, I mean, I don't like saying it because I probably hate Tennessee more than I hate Indianapolis. But um, I think they're they definitely have a lot of – they've added a lot of good pieces to that team. They've given Mariota a lot of weapons now. They're adding to that defense. I, I think if on paper works, I think they're going to be a really good team this year. Yeah, the Titans are the analytics darlings. Um, all the if you most of the writers that do so-called smart football, um, fantasy football, or even pro what is it pro PFF pro, pro football focus. There we go, pro football focus. They absolutely love what the Titans are doing. Um, 
The Titans, their starters, they are pretty much ridiculous. Now, I don't think they have as much depth depth as Houston does. In what ways? Um, they're just a little bit thinner on Where? defensively. Um, they Def- have like two defensive line or line all up and down the defensive line, linebackers inside and outside. I would say the linebackers for now, sure. Now starters are fine. I would say they're that. in a good position start starters wise, but they're they're about two injuries away from going from having the potential to have an above average defense to being hope not even mediocre. However, on the offensive side, I mean it's a similar problem. Like their offensive line, one injury away from Oh, they, absolutely. They go from having one of the best offensive lines. Yeah, probably second or third best. I think they're apparently it's third. Oakland and yeah. Um but they're one injury away from just falling falling off that completely. Yep. But their starters, like if they if they get lucky and have a whole bunch of health, they're the team to be afraid of. And if they even if they're they're that team that if they get beat up all throughout the year and they have all these injuries and then just magically get healthy before the playoffs, they're going to make some noise in the playoffs. I agree. But there's also Especially one the other style they play. Yeah. There's one other big if on that. It says Marcus Mariota continues to take a step forward. Now, Marcus Mariota is a quarterback that I personally like um, from watching tape on him and watching him at his best. But when I went out and I read a lot of scouting reports about him, they are all over the place. Everybody seems to agree that he has more potential than probably any quarterback in the AFC South, except for Andrew Luck and probably any quarterback in the NFL. That's not already considered elite. Like he's that quarterback that has the chance to take that step. I would agree. However, at this point, he's only played mediocre. Now, if this mark, if he continues to play mediocre, Houston's in great shape. Now, if he continues to regress, like, you know, most young quarterbacks do, we're in trouble. I just wonder how mediocre he is considering the amount of options he had around him weapon-wise. Right. Um, you know, besides Delaney Walker. Yeah, I mean, they've had some stints with Taj I mean, Sharp and Justin Hunter and all that stuff, but they've never really had, you know, Kendall Wright. It's like Rashard Matthews was their Rashard, leading receiver. That's what I'm saying. Year. Like Corey Davis comes on. I mean, it's going to take a while, yeah. but they're, I mean, A.J. Green bursting on the scene his rookie year. Uh, Mike Williams in Tampa Bay Corey, did a great job. I mean, there's a chance that they, he, he could be good coming right out the gate. You want to dive right into their draft then? I mean, we can. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll start off with Corey Davis. Yeah, I, I like Corey Davis. And it, people were giving uh, Tennessee a hard time for taking Corey Davis over Mike Williams. Mike Williams looks like he's going to be ended, you know, ending his season a little early with back surgery and not play the rest of the year. I like Corey Davis. I like what he can do. I think he fits their offense better than Mike Williams fits their offense on what they want to do when they're throwing to their wide receivers. Um, I think it was a solid pick. Could they have traded back and, and gotten him later? Yeah, maybe. You know, maybe they could have gotten a better corner and then gotten him where they got a Dory Jackson. But well, Corey Davis is is pretty much the epitome of the players that smart football analysts like. You look at what he did at Central Central Michigan; that was just unreal. Like he's the only reason like half the country even knows what row the boat means. Sure. It's because of this guy. Yeah. And then you look at him physically; he's he looks like he might be the second coming of Terrell Owens, just physically. Like I always do comps because it's easy to picture somebody. Doesn't mean he's going to be Terrell Owens, but if you look at him physically, he's like, built like Terrell. Built like him, runs like him. 
and then he had the college production of Jordan Matthews. People may not realize this, but Jordan Matthews led the SEC in receiving. He was an absolute beast when he was at Vandy. And then the player that, of course, that he compares to, Corey Davis. So it's kind of scary. Now Mariota is going to have a, a young receiver with a, a huge amount of upside yeah. to throw the ball to, to build that to build that relationship with, essentially. And even if it's not this year, they could be very scary in the next coming years. Pretty much, they are almost like the opposite of the Texans, except they, where we have all this talent on defense, they are beginning to have all this talent on offense. They have two solid running backs. Delaney Walker is probably the most underrated tight end in the entire league, and now you add Corey Davis to that. So Yeah. It's kind of scary. Their next pickup was Adoree Jackson. I think solid cornerback. Uh, I don't think he's a shutdown corner. I think he can do the job, given that they literally have no corners other than when they added Logan Ryan anyways in, in free agency. Um, I mean, he's definitely a playmaker. Um, but The only knock on Dory Jackson is he's too small. He's just, he measures athletically off the scales. He's going to be, for a guy that's that little, apparently he was number, what was it, number eight? And he was ranked, he was the eighth most effective run-stopping cornerback in college last year. Yeah. That's pretty fucking ridiculous for a guy that's not even 5'10". He's a tackler. He's shorter than me. Yeah. The only thing that that kind of gives me hope with is he's that small. Granted, he's probably built like... um, like a brick shed house. <laughs> sure. So he's he's probably built, but he's that small. So you've got a guy that weighs 240 pounds that runs a 4-3 and hits him square on. He might be able to stop him a couple of times, but I think eventually that a, that size disadvantage will wear on him. However, I mean, he's kind of been drafted because he covers underneath routes very well. Correct. He When we talked about earlier about how the Texans – can't defend the scat back running back. Adoree Jackson as a corner would be able to take care of them. Absolutely. No problem. And apparently he can stick with them and tackle them with the decide to run the ball anyways. Yeah, and running backs aren't too tall. So his height really won't play a part. Um, yeah. I think with him and, and since they added Logan Ryan, a free agency, and even though people may not love Logan Ryan for his, his coverage skills, he's not a bad corner in my opinion. Yeah. Especially after watching the Patriots playoff game against us. Logan Ryan was all over the place making plays, um, but he's a hell of a tackler as a corner. And so you have two corners that are not afraid to make tackles. And then you drop in Jonathan Cyprian to play safety. Correct. That's a good mix. It looks like they're doing a good job. They got a good plan on it. They don't have a shutdown corner yet. It takes time. One of their guys may develop into that, but neither one of them really profile is it. No. But we'll see. Next up is Taewon Taylor. He's another guy that... He played at a lower division. He was a receiver. Um, many, many draft analysts, especially smart football analysts, like notice a trend here. They absolutely loved him. Western Kentucky. Yeah, he played at Western Kentucky and he dominated that division. And the Titans must have loved him because they traded up to get him. And he's going to play their slot. So he's going to be an upgrade over, over Kendall Wright. Another one of those guys that Again, he didn't play against the top competition, but the competition that he did play against, he dominated. He's not a size-speed freak. 
He's very, very fast, but again, he's kind of short, kind of light. Not not Tajay, Tajay Sharp light, but no. still, he's a little light. Yeah. He's around 200 pounds, but he's another one of those guys that just has a lot of potential. I think it was a solid pick. Uh, and then next you have uh, John New Smith, tight end. Um, I don't know enough about him, but all I know is when you have Delaney Walker... And now you're adding another potential decent tight end to yeah. that mix. He's apparently he's a Delaney Walker clone. So apparently they've liked what they've got with Delaney Walker. He's so. a hell of, Delaney Walker is a hell of a run yeah. blocker. Delaney, I think he's the best running run blocking tight end in the league. Honestly, the most underrated tight end in the league. I agree 100%. He was Marcus Mariota's favorite target. Yep. So sure if hands. you put that on another guy, they're just looking to continue that. Yeah. Tight ends usually take three years to develop. You get a guy that matches up. Very similar to the guy you already got, so you're just hoping that he he copies them. And Delaney's a good he's a good veteran presence. He's a, just an overall good guy. I, he'll take him under his wing, teach him what he knows. Um, unfortunately, uh, it looks like this could have been an, uh, another hit. Obviously, it's early on, so who knows? But their draft, I like what they're doing so far. Uh, the next guy is Jayon Brown. Is that how you spe- say yeah, Jayon? The linebacker out of UCLA. Yeah, yeah. He's another solid draft pick. Um, Hope their hope is he's going to help them with uh, their pass rush, but they traded up to get him. He's still a fifth round outside linebacker. He's solid. He's another depth piece, but I mean, I'm not overly in love with him. He's actually, in my opinion, probably their weakest pick and watch him end up being a pro bowler because I now said that, but you know, yeah, I don't, I don't know enough about him. Um, I mean, they they need pass rushers, um, so I, I can't say it's a great pick or a bad pick, but only time will tell. As you get into these fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round picks, it's very hard for you to be able to see what you what you think you're getting. Um, then they go uh, and with round six. They go Corey Levin, that uh, the offensive lineman out of Tennessee, Chattanooga. It's another guy that's a little bit undersized. Um, but he went to a small school, offensive guard. I think that in the future he'll maybe end up at center. He just doesn't seem big enough to be a guard. But again, offensive linemen, you get them in a system, you develop them. You can never have enough depth. And see what happens. Yeah. Josh Carraway out of TCU. Texas boy. He is another Texas. He's from Texas. Um He's was more effective as a pass rusher than Jayon Brown, but he didn't quite have his measurables. Um, Tennessee Titans fans seem like they they act they're acting like they got a steal with him at that pick. I don't like that. I don't like that either. They're again they're very very happy with this draft. Well, John Robinson, you know we haven't even talked about that, but John Robinson's just doing a good job. He is as much as we don't want the Titans to be good. John I mean, Robinson is building a solid, solid team. That's what it looks like. I mean, you look at his roster and I was talking about it earlier. I would love to see Bill O'Brien coach this roster. I think that Robinson and Bill O'Brien seem to be for two, for two individuals on with different franchises. They seem to be more on the same wavelength than they are with individuals within their own franchise. If you look at what the Tennessee is doing, is they're kind of picking the players at a better value that you think the type of players that Bill O'Brien would want. Yep. 
And whereas Rick Smith, let's say, for like Taewon Taylor, that's the value that I think Rick or Bill O'Brien would have wanted out of a small, quick receiver like Will Fuller. Right. Well, Rick Smith kind of sees it as, oh, we need a small, quick, wide receiver. Let's go get the fastest guy out there and spend a first round pick on. Where we've kind of seen, I mean, not to bag, bag on Fuller, he may turn it around. But Maybe. I think that it would have made more sense to go after somebody like Taewon Taylor. You still get your speed. Well, we but also if you're have Linda Williams. Yeah, we also have Linda Williams. But, I mean, it's that's just the, one, the first one that jumps to mind. I, and then you just look at the how he's developed the rest of the, the roster. Two, two really, really solid running backs. I think that's what Bill O'Brien wanted. And I think Derrick I think Henry's, that Marcus Mariota the, may be the best quarterback equipped to run Bill O'Brien's offense. The type of throws that he likes to make, the type of pace that he likes to play with, the type of decisions that he likes to make. Yeah, he's smart. He doesn't throw a lot of picks. Again, Deshaun Watson, according to some scouts, compares very favorably to Marcus Mariota. So hopefully, Deshaun Watson becomes the quarterback that Bill O'Brien wants. Just but no uh, injuries. No injuries. But Marcus Mariota, straight out of school, and even his first couple of years in the league, he looks like the quarterback that I think Bill O'Brien would want. Yeah, no, I would agree. I think if you were to put Bill O'Brien on the Tennessee Titans, you'd probably have an issue. I think the offense runs the exact same way he would want it to run. You got two power backs, you know, that can just destroy defensive linemen. Um, I think this will be the year where you start to see more Derrick Henry as the season goes on. Um, Overall, just Tennessee in the draft, what they did, they address a lot of needs. I mean, just going further down, uh, Brad Seaton, again, project tackle. There was no good tackles in this year's draft. None. Cam Robinson's not a good tackle. Yeah, Garrett, uh, isn't Garrett Bowles an offensive tackle? Yeah, left he tackle. is. And he looks like he could potentially be okay. He's got yeah. the build to do it, and he looked good on, on film. But, but he's got a busted hip. Bolt? Yeah, Bowles. He's got a busted hip. And if he didn't have that, of course he would have been. But let's be honest. That goes back to my point. There's no offensive tackles this year without warts. Seton matches that. He's another guy. Can develop into something, maybe. I'm kind of glad we got Davenport over him, but you yeah, know. we're hearing good things about Davenport. And then this goes back to Robinson, their last pick, uh, Kalfrani Muhammad. Kalfrani? Kalfrani? You know how to say his name? Cal, Cal Muhammad? I can't because my phone is searching for service and I can't pull it up. <laughs> well, he's kind of like the Tyler Irvin, except instead of getting him in a fourth round pick, they got him in the seventh round. Kalfani Muhammad. Kalfani. Is it Fani? The running back There's out of There's an Cal. R in there. Yeah. Kalfrani. Nope. It's just Kalfani. You don't, don't know where you see R an R there. Uh, right after the F? Yeah. No. No, no R. Well, so either ESPN, ESPN or sucks. Sports Illustrated had it wrong, but either way, but, uh, but he is like a Tyler Irvin. He's a yeah. catch the ball out of the backfield. Small fast, receiver, small catch receiver. Good route runner, though. Yep. Ran like a 4-3, so yep. he's absolutely ridiculous out of the backfield. He's never going to run it in between the tackles. If Henry or... They won't need him to. Yeah, if Henry or Murray get hurt, then they don't have as much depth at running back. But I mean, you've got but DeMarco three. Murray can take the pounding. Yeah, as he's proven you're in. He showed you're out. Derrick Henry probably can too. Derrick Henry we'll should be able to because of the way he's built. Right. 
Their draft was good. It was a good draft. Everybody loves their draft. Um, everywhere Everybody that I loves read. the Titans. I can't believe that they... Uh, uh, pro Fantasy Football. Blah, 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 blah. PFF. Number three roster. Now... Can you argue it? I can argue with it. I don't agree that they're the I number think three. based on potential. It's based on their grades. So it's just starters. So, I, I mean, offensive line-wise, definitely. Yeah. Their defensive line is underrated, by the way. Jarrell Casey is a monster. Casey is, is probably the he's a very the most consistent. underrated pass rusher in the league, hands yeah. down. But I mean, they've got. If you wanted to look at their scores, I mean, they're just solid, and then they've got a couple of really bad ones like Sylvester Williams and Philip. But the middle linebacker, uh, what's his name? Derek I, Morgan. Nope. Arakpo. Nope. Middle linebacker. Woodyard. Yes. I like Wesley Woodyard. Wesley Wood- Woodyard? I do. Um, I don't know. I still... This is based on their grades. This is all paper. They have to put it together on the field. Right. But based on what we're seeing, and then if you look at what they did in, in the offseason, uh, outside of the draft with adding Logan Ryan, adding Jonathan Cyprian, uh, adding Eric Weems, adding Eric Decker, adding Sly Williams, who I think paired with... Carl Klug is going to be a nice defensive tackle for them. I think they have the chance to be a really good team. I wouldn't be surprised if it comes down to us and them for the AFC South crown. But I like what the Titans are doing. I like what they're doing. I just hope. I, I hope. And, you know, I don't disagree. I think that they will be our top, our, the top contender Besides us for the yeah, AFC South. Yeah, because hasn't even thrown the ball yet. He yeah. may not even be ready to throw the ball. Well, the Colts. Love it. Love the Colts it. had a good draft this year, but they, they're a couple years away. I would agree. The Titans. They should just take the year off and not let Andrew you know, play. They really should. I'm being dead serious. I would put Andrew Luck in a fucking clay, in a plastic That have a top five draft pick booth, next year. Tape it up and let him sit in there. You know, they could do suck for Luck all over again, except sucking to make Luck's roster better. They're just helping him. I, I, I don't like how he, he he's just, I mean, I do like, but at the same time, I don't like. It's a waste of talent. At the same time, you hate watching that, uh, you know, as a fan of the as a fan of the NFL, you don't want to see somebody that has the ceiling Andrew Luck has and it never, ever be reached based on injury. And it's all based on how they protect him. It's because it's a piss poor franchise. No, it is. I agreed. I, I totally yeah. get it. But it sucks for Luck. Because why, why, why have we devolved into... Talking about the Colts. <laughs> we we just talked a whole bunch about them the other way. Because Andrew Luck hasn't thrown the yeah. ball, and he probably isn't going to. Yeah, I until, mean. Until, like, possibly. First game of the week. Yeah. Or first game first of the season. Preseason game. Well, they were saying first preseason game, you should be able to at least throw the ball. Yeah, but he's not taking any snaps. No. But anyways, yeah, I, I agree. I think the Titans are a good team on paper. I think they can put it together and be a very competitive team. I it think... should be the Texans and the Titans this year in the FC South. Uh, the... I would Colts, be surprised if we meet somewhere in the playoffs. You know, we both have the potential. If Savage plays above average, we're there. Or if Savage doesn't and Watson comes in and plays above average, we're there. We just, we get anything out of our offense this year. It's just frustrating to me because I don't think the Titans are number three. And then the same, by the same measurement, they took the Titans, put them at number three and put us at 23. Yeah, well, I, I don't. I mean, PFF's cool at certain times for certain stats, but I don't need them to tell me how good my team is. 
Our well, defense the knock on is us <laughs> is we can't continue to win close games. They're saying that there's just no way that that continued. That it and has this is to. based off of our draft, too? Yeah. Yeah, that's stupid. That is... That's stupid. I, You know, honestly, smart I, football I, or Vegas? I'm with Pat Stat right now. The, the PFF sucks. Yeah. I, I, smart football or Vegas? Who are you going to take? Vegas. Every single time. Vegas still has us favorites. That makes sense. Vegas controls the books. They know what they're doing. They, they know. They, they know. know. They always do. And they're usually more accurate than anybody else. I really, I don't know. PFF has gotten me so pissed off about this, honestly, that I honestly, that I'm going to look up their neck last couple of years where they did this. And see how it and, turned and up. Just out of curiosity, because I bet you they're wrong. Well, I'm sure they're wrong. And you can't tell me with our defense that we have the 23 ranked roster in the league. With our defensive loan, we're 15. Yeah, we weren't even in the top five defensive line. That's that's stupid. they didn't they didn't rank our well if they're going straight defensive linemen then okay or, maybe. Uh, front seven okay front seven no that's dumb we're top ten yeah but they also ranked uh they didn't have us in the top five linebackers either yeah that's just dumb yeah we've only got one elite player and that's JJ Watt okay according to them sure okay yeah Whitney Merciless isn't elite I'm guarantee you I if mean, he was to touch the free agent market. He would get paid. We got him. We got him as a deal. No, I'm saying, but if he was a free agent, people would pay him top mm-hmm. pass rusher money. Well, McKinney. Just just wait until he we got to pay him. Yep. Shit. Yeah. No, um, I know. Uh, fuck PFF. Um, also, uh, you guys, if you uh, if you're looking for something cool to read in between now and training camp, uh, Pat Stat, State of the Texans, uh, put out the red report. Um if you go to Pat's Twitter, there's a, a discount code for you to be able to buy it um, on State of the Texans. It's really good for you to uh, th- read a lot about the team, a lot about training camps. He breaks down different routes that were ran by wide receivers, the success on each route, um, passes thrown, things like that. Um, grades the offensive line by how the running backs run left, right, through the guard, through the center, through the tackle. Um it's a very interesting report, um, and, and I talked to Pat about it, and he, he said that um, he'd be okay with us plugging in. I wanted to make sure that we did, and make sure you guys go out there and support State of the Texans and Pat, because Pat definitely does a lot for this team, uh, does a lot for the community, the Texans community, gives you guys a lot of good information, and um, you know you guys make sure you check it out. It, it, it's a solid yeah. report, and it'll get better, too, as, as, things, as training camp starts to end, and and games are coming up. There'll be more for, for us to be able to read into and stuff like that. But make sure you guys go check it out at stateofthetexans.com. Yeah, definitely go support State of the Texans. Um, while doing my research for these uh, these previews for the other teams, I'd go out on iTunes and I'd try and look around at what other podcasts are available on for other teams. And I will give Titans fans a lot of credit. There's a lot of podcasts like, like our podcast for them. But there's not many. I don't think I've seen another podcast on the level of Pat. Pat, his podcast is probably more informative than just about anything you're ever going to get from any podcast, any team. I would fan. agree 100%. You may not be the most entertaining podcast out there. But that's but only because of Cleve. Yeah. But He's if, just boring. But if you love Texans football and you want to know in depth, he's got a scout's eye. Yeah, um, absolutely. He's close friends with Zero, with, uh, with Zero Line. And... It comes across like he knows what he's talking about. And he's passionate about it. You can hear it in his voice when he talks. It's something that he wants to do. 
he wants to give you guys these things and you know he's he's doing it full time I mean, yeah. I, he's going up to training camp and he's going to be out there watching and he's going to have a ton of stuff for us to read and and you know most of the stuff that we're going to talk about on our podcast is going to come from pat so um you know i really appreciate pat a lot and um yeah go follow yeah. state of the texans definitely but enough with state of the texans uh make sure you guys uh click the like and subscribe button on itunes leave us a comment you can find us just search texans unfiltered we're also on soundcloud um we will have another episode out for you guys next week um we'll talk about the jags we won't spend a lot of time on the jags because there's really not much to talk about. They still suck. There hasn't been much that's changed. As long as Only thing we'll talk about quarterback. is we'll talk about Coughlin enough because I, I think that's probably the biggest change that they brought to the team this year. But other than that, I don't see enough changing. But um, that's about it, John. You got anything else? Is there anything else that we need to cover before we head out today? I believe we got it all. Awesome. Well, uh, guys, like I said, make sure you guys go to iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, Texans Unfiltered. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TXNS underscore unfiltered. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. So now I guess it's only one thing to say, baby. Don't tell them, don't tell them, don't tell them.